0: Hey, well, I'm really, uh, it's kind of bittersweet today. I've been reflecting a lot with the Lord about these past uh, 14 months uh, since the Lord kind of brought me here, and I look back and I'm really grateful to God because when I had left uh, my previous church, Catalyst, where I was there for like 15 years, um, it was hard for me to make that decision, but I really felt a strong call from the Lord to step into this ministry called Standing Stone where I minister to uh, other pastors and missionaries. And so I consider myself kind of like a missionary where I'm sent out from the church and to go and walk alongside pastors and and missionaries. And so I was all about to do that. Uh, January was my last time uh, for that last year. And then um, I got contacted actually by my cousin and got connected to Pastor Ken. And so when I was talking to Pastor Ken and just getting to know him a little bit, uh, I really reached out to Pastor Ken as part of the Standing Stone ministry, right, ministering to him as a pastor and just listening to his heart and how he was kind of overseeing the English ministry along with the the KM side, the Korean ministry side, for five years. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, Uh, my heart just went out to him. I know how hard it is just to do one, but then to take on two, I just really felt like uh, just the weight and the heaviness of that, and so I felt prompted by the Lord to to offer and to come preach once a month, just to kind of give him some support for that. And uh, little did I know that would lead to me coming on as the interim pastor. But I'm really grateful for the Lord because initially, when Pastor Ken had brought up the idea, I said, "No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that because." Uh, If I wanted to say pastor, I'd probably just stay at my previous church where I was, and I really consider them as my family. And so I was going to say no, and I did say no to Pastor Ken, but the Lord spoke to me. And when I was spending time with the Lord, he said, I want you to be open to this time and that I have something special for you uh, during this period. So I want you to be open. And uh, because the Lord spoke that to me, I later came and I uh, talked with Pastor Ken and said, I, I want to I be open to this time where I can come and for a season, for um, an interim time to come and to, to be with you guys. And I'm so glad the Lord told me that because I got to get to know you guys and be able to connect with one another. And I said, it's bittersweet because I really feel like I've grown to love you guys and to love this church. Um, but I do sense the Lord really impressing upon my heart is like the initial calling that I had, that he wants me to step into that more. And so I'm going to be doing that. I'm actually uh, recently became in charge of Standing Stone in the connection that we have with seminaries. So we go to seminaries and we start uh, talking to those that are graduating and going into the ministry. So one of the statistics that really hit me was that Uh, 50% of those people that graduate seminary drop out of ministry within the first five years. And I think that one of the things that I have a heart for is to walk alongside those people to change that statistic, to really see them come and to really flourish in ministry uh, like I've experienced. I've really experienced that myself. And I want to walk together with other pastors and other missionaries so that they can really thrive in ministry. And for their churches to thrive and those the people that thrive and to really multiply that effect, right? So I'm going to minister to all of these people, all these pastors and missionaries, and they'll minister to all those that are under their care. And to see that multiplication happen, that's really where my heart is. And that's really what the Lord is calling me to do. And so um, I want to say that I wanted to encourage you to be a part of that and to keep praying for me and to be keep in touch. Like Eliza had mentioned, if you want to actually become one of my supporters, I love that. I regularly keep in touch with my supporters and I pray for them regularly also uh, to give you that as an option. But um, having said all that, I do want to say that I know that God put me here for a purpose and I don't think that's actually finished. So you'll see, I'm sure you'll see my face again in the future. In some form or another, I know that the Lord has that in mind as well. So, um, yeah, so today I wanted to kind of share a message with you. And uh, I was actually praying a lot about the message for today, thinking about what to do. So uh, this is what the Lord put on my heart. I'm going to talk about uh, this one of the names of God called El Kanah. Okay? Elkanah is one name that the Bible has for God. And so there's actually a lot of names for for God in the Bible, okay? And actually the names are really important. So if you understand the Jewish culture, the name is actually very significant. We kind of have that a little bit. you know, so even as a parent, I remember when uh, our children were born, we thought a lot about the name, right? So we were thinking a lot about like, what's the right name for uh, my son and my daughter when they were born? Like, and then thinking about, my last name is Lee? Or like, okay, some names we have to have out, right? So we don't want Sarah for my daughter. We don't want Sarah Lee. We don't want Bruce for my son. We don't want Bruce Lee. So there's like some ones that we'd be like, okay, that's out, that's out. Because we don't want them to have that hard time as growing up, he made fun of, right? But we really thought a lot about the name because the name has meaning. So I don't even know if you, for your own name, if you know what that means but every name has a meaning, right? And it's interesting when you look at uh, the Bible because, you know, the Bible talks to us about the name, the name of Jesus, about praying in Jesus' name. You know, so like when we pray, we say, I want to pray in Jesus' name, amen. What does that mean when we say, I want to pray in Jesus' name? Is that just some phrase that we end our prayer with? What does that actually mean when we say we pray in Jesus' name? Well, the name represents their character. The name represents who they are as a person. That's why when you look at a lot of the people in the Bible, God changes their name, right? You see that with Jacob in the Old Testament. Jacob's name was changed to Israel because God has a specific purpose for this person. You see it in the New Testament. You see with with, uh, one of the apostles, you see Simon. Simon's name was changed to Peter. You see that with the greatest missionary of all time, where you see that with Saul. Saul's name was changed from Saul to Paul, okay? God changed their name because their name says something about them. This name kind of demonstrates something about their nature and their character. Look at some of these names for God. I just listed a few of them. There's actually many. Uh, Here's some of the names. Adonai. Adonai is one of the names for God. And that means Lord, or master. Jehovah-Jireh is one of the names for God. That means my provider. Elohim means creator. Abba means daddy, or father. So these are just different names that you see for God. And each one of the names tells you something about God and his character. Tells you something about who he is and what he's about. Okay, so when we look at the name today, Elkanah, This is what Elkanah means. Elkanah means consuming fire, jealous God. Okay, this is a very unusual one because all the rest of the names, you're like, yes, yes, my provider, my father, he's Lord, he's my master, all these different, he's my savior. This one, this one's a little bit strange, like jealous God, This is not one I heard very talked about very much in terms of when talking about the different names of God, which is Elkanah. Okay, let's look at the passage where this comes in. There's a couple places, but we're going to look at Exodus 34, 14. Okay, uh, Exodus 34, 14 says, for you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Okay, so I inserted the, the name. Actually, when, you, when it's translated whose name is jealous, that is Elkanah. Okay, and whose name is jealous, is a jealous God, is Elkanah. So if you put that in, it really says, For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Elkanah, is Elkanah. Okay, so literally, if you put, plug that in, that's what this verse is saying. Now, when you look at this, this is kind of strange, like I said. It's unlike all the other names that you read in the Bible, like the strong tower or mighty or all these other names. What about this name? This is really unusual to me when God says, this is my name. I'm jealous because jealous sounds very negative. Right? That's a negative term, right? When you talk about jealousy, when you talk about jealousy or envy, that's very closely related to jealousy. Like, is that God? Is that who he is? Is that his character to be jealous? That sounds very negative to me, right? In fact, when you look at the term Elkanah, it's not just jealous, it's an intense jealousy. That's why it says it's a consuming fire. There's like a passion, a raging intensity about this emotion that God is trying to tell him that he feels, this intense jealousy that he has. And you might think, that sounds even more negative, right? This doesn't sound like something positive. I mean, this is the picture I imagine when I hear that word. It's like this, like this green with envy, this intense anger and intensity, this is what I picture when I picture Elkanah. Because humanly speaking, this is not positive, right? When I think about jealousy, it's not positive because I've had times like that. I've had times in my relationships in the past where I've been jealous. Okay, so I remember remember when I first met my wife, Okay, so I first met my wife, we met at a, a church in Irvine, okay, and I was a Bible study leader of our young adult group, okay, and after service, we would have Bible studies in these little trailers, okay, so after our service, we would go to these little trailers, and then we would break up into little Bible study groups, okay, and I, I led a group, so I remember one particular Sunday, I, was, I went to my room where I had uh, my Bible study, and then this woman walks into my room that I had never seen before. And I was like, oh, who's this, right? And so it was, it was who was eventually me my wife, Susan. So she walked into the room, and I started talking to her a little bit. And I still remember another Bible study leader walked down the hallway and looked in and said, hey, Susan, you're in the wrong room. You're in, you're in my group. And this guy whose name is Gary, I'm like, Gary, what's going on? Why did you say that, right? I really wanted her to be in my Bible study group. Okay, so after Bible study, we kind of hang out. And then we started we started hanging out together, right, as friends. So, like, we'd go out in a big group and we'd go out to lunch and we kind of hang out. I'd kind of get to know her. And then we started spending more time together. But this was a weird time for me because I had just come off a really bad relationship, bad breakup. It, it was really bad, right? And I was really kind of messed up after this relationship. And so what I did after this breakup, I told the Lord, I'm going to devote myself to you. No more women. No more relationships. Only you. I'm only going to be focused in on you. Okay? That's the commitment I made to God. Okay? That's the time when I met Susan. Okay? So that's the time when she came into my Bible study room. That's the time when we started hanging out. And so... I was very conflicted when we were getting closer together, right? Very conflicted because I made this, like, div- commitment to God, this vow to God that it's only going to be you, no women, no distractions, no one distracting me from you, Lord. And then this woman comes into my life, right? And so she had a hard time as we started getting closer and spending time with other. She's like, I can tell you wanna, you're, want you like, undecided. Like, you need to make a decision, Like, are you going to be with me or not with me, right? And I'm like, this is hard for me. I feel like you're, like, tempting me to, like, go against my vow against the Lord. And you're like, da-da-da-da. And on the other hand, but I really liked her, right? But I was struggling, okay? I was struggling during this time. And then she was getting frustrated. Like, she was kind of, I would say, impatient. But she was, like, very frustrated during this time. And so I remember, I still remember this very vividly. Okay, we had this one event, right? We had this picnic, okay? After this, after a young adult service, we had this picnic, and there was this one guy in our young adult group that I could tell liked Susan, okay? He really liked her, and he would, like, flirt with her and talk with her, and I would get so... I this! this it was this! <laughs> I would be like this. I would get super angry, right? And I remember I remember specifically this time where we had this picnic event after. And we, uh, we, for some reason, we drove separately, right? So I had to do stuff at church, finish up some stuff. And so I drove later to the picnic. And then I still remember, I drive up to the picnic. And then I see Susan and this guy. His name was Don. Susan and Don, they're like throwing this football with each other. And I just remember sitting in the car like, Getting so angry. I mean, it really was like this picture. I was like so intense, like anger that I was feeling. I'm like, wow, where is this coming from? I'm like really, really upset. I was really, really jealous, okay? And then we ended up talking during the picnic with this huge fight. And Anyway, it just turned out really bad. It turned out really bad, okay? But that's what comes to mind when I think about this intense jealousy, and it's really interesting because God says, this is part of my character. And I was thinking, how can this be part of your character? Because when I look back at myself, I look really embarrassed, <laughs> right? I'm embarrassed of who, what I was and how I acted and how I respond, being so intensely jealous. And when I was thinking about this, like, how could God call himself Elkanah? And how could this be one of his names? And then that's when the Lord started showing me there's a difference when he's jealous Versus when we're jealous. Because when we're jealous, and we're jealous of other people, I'm jealous of other people. And I don't want anyone else to be talking with my wife. I don't want anyone else to be close to my wife. What is that really saying? I'm really saying I'm it. I'm everything. I can complete her. I provide everything that she needs. I don't want anyone else to be with her. I don't want anyone else to be close with her. I don't want anyone else to connect with her. Just me. On a human level, that's faulty. That's not true. I can't provide everything for her. I'm not everything for her. But when God says that, it is true. That's the difference between our jealousy and God's jealousy. When we're jealous, it comes from our insecurity It comes from trying to hold on to something too tightly. When we're jealous and we're saying that, I want to provide everything for this person. I don't want this person to get anything from anyone else. I can't say that because that's not true. But God can. When he is jealous for us, this is what he's saying. I can provide everything for you. I don't want you to get that from somebody else. I want to provide that for you. I want to bring that security for you. I want to bring that strong foundation for you that you can live and be free. I want to provide that because I'm the only one that can. So when I thought about this, and I thought about this El Cana, it actually changed my perspective. And I said, this is actually pretty beautiful. Can you think about the Lord being jealous for you? Think about that intense feeling that you've had if you were jealous. Think about that intense desire for this other person. And can you think about the Lord having that for you? He wants you so much. He loves you so much. It's like a consuming fire. He's so jealous for you that he wants to be Lord for you. He wants to be that for you that he gives himself that name. Even though it can be read negatively, he still gives himself that name for us to understand his heart and his desire for us. Practically, how does that look out? One of the things that the Lord was speaking to me, he was saying to me, as much as you want to be with me, I want to be with you more than that. This was really helpful for me because when we think about us wanting to be with the Lord, when we think about us spending time with the Lord, a lot of times we think it's us doing it. It's us initiating. We think that when we read the Bible or we pray that we're trying to draw close to God. When really that's not true. The Lord is the one initiating. He is the one connecting to us. He is the jealous God that is pursuing after us. It's not our doing. Right? And when I thought about this, the Lord gave me this picture of a treasure chest. Okay? And if you think about this treasure chest, look at this treasure chest. It's got a big lock on it. Okay? And what the Lord was telling me, a lot of times, you're looking for the key to unlock this treasure chest. Okay? And the key is, like, different things that we do. It's like, when I read the Bible, when I fast, that'll unlock this chest. When I devote myself, when I sacrifice, that'll unlock this chest. When I discipline myself, when I read through the Bible every day, when I pray, when I do these different things, that's going to unlock the chest. When I try to do these things to unlock the chest so I can receive what is inside, the treasure that God has for me. And the Lord saying, this is not the right picture. This is the right picture. This treasure chest is already open. The treasure chest is already open. And how was it open? It was opened by Jesus and not by you. And I think that we need to see this as a reality of our relationship with God, is that he is our treasure, that he has things for us in our life. And you don't need the key to open up the treasure, that the treasure box is already open. Our job is to enjoy the treasure. Our job is to enjoy the treasure. And I think when you think about this name Elkanah, it's helpful for us to see that because God is the one who initiates. The Bible talks about that we love because... He first loved us. He took the initiative. He's the pursuer. He's the one that came after us. Even when we didn't want a relationship with him, he's coming after us. He's pursuing us. He's coming after us. He loves us intensely. He's jealous for us. He's intensely desiring for us. This is the perspective we need to recognize because a lot of feel like we're carrying it, but we have the wrong perspective if we think that's true. Look at this passage in Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look at this passage, the first half of this verse. It says, we need to approach the throne of grace with confidence. If it's based on you, you're not going to have confidence. Confidence if it's going to be based on you having it all together, it's going to be based upon you, like how much you're doing in this, how much you're bringing into this relationship. How much are you trying to pursue? How much are you trying to seek after God? How much are you doing? How much are you sacrificing? How much are you doing those things? If it's based on you, you're not going to be able to experience Hebrews 4.16. You're not going to approach the throne of grace with confidence. But it's based on God and his doing. We can have this. If we realize he wants to be with us more than we want to be with him, we can have this confidence. When we realize he is the pursuer, he is the initiator, we just respond. We just receive and we just respond then we can experience this passage. Then we can see that the relationship that God wants for us and the thing that he is inviting us to do is not a heavy burden. It's not something that we have to carry. It's not some heavy load that we go through in our Christian life. That God wants us to experience freedom and joy. Okay, look at this next passage in John 15, 10 through 11. Okay, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Okay, this is the passage where Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. And look at the relationship between the vine and the branches. John 15, 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Okay, when you read this, What's the feeling you have when you come out of this? Okay, almost my whole Christian life, I would read this and say, I better keep his commandments. The responsibility is on my side. Okay, but did you know that's not the point of this passage? The point of this passage is not keeping the commandments. The point of the passage is abiding in his love. The point of this passage is and I like, I like the way that NIV and other translations do. It says abide or it says remain. Okay? God already put you there. Our job is just to stay there. God already put you in his heart. God already put you in his love. Our job is to stay there. Remain there. Don't leave there. Abide there. Soak in there. His job was to put you in there. Our job is to enjoy that and stay there. Don't leave. He put you there. You didn't get there. You didn't get there by your doing. You didn't get there by your trying. You don't get there by your effort. You get there by Jesus. Jesus' work and what he did put you in there. Nothing because of what you did. But you're there. Your job is to stay there. How do you stay there? By following his commands. Everything that he commands you to do, It's to help you enjoy where you are. That's why the Bible says his commands are not burdensome. Because his commands are there to tell you how you can just stay in his love. It's not to earn your way into his love. There's not unlocking the, 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 the lock so you can open up the treasure chest and you can go and you can abide in his love. The treasure chest is already open. You're already inside there to enjoy it. Your job is to listen to his commands and to see his commands are not burdensome. This is the kind of a relationship the Lord wants. This is what he's inviting you to. This is why he brought his son Jesus to us. It's because we can't do that. The Bible says our good deeds, our righteous acts are like filthy rags. That's what the Bible describes the things that we bring we can't feel like we're carrying a heavy weight in our relationship with god our relationship with god is something supposed to be enjoyed it's supposed to be freeing it's supposed to be and look at that's what he says in verse 10 he says keep my commands abide in my love but verse 11 tells you the reason these things i have spoken to you why so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full which means what? Which means you already have some joy. He wants you to experience more joy. Why do you have joy? Because he's put you in his love. How do you have more joy? Just stay there. Don't leave. <laughs> Just stay with the one who loves you. The stay with the one whose heart is for you. The stay with the one who's pursuing after you. I think all of us have this desire to be loved and understood. All of us have this desire for someone to pursue after us. All of us this desire for someone who wants us, who wants to accept us and love us. All of us have that desire. Whether we're single or married, it doesn't matter. All of us have that desire. And God's saying, I fulfill that desire if you'll let me. If you'll let me and if you see, my name is El Kanah. I'm a consuming fire of passion and desire i'm a jealous god i'm jealous for you you need to receive that he's jealous for you can you imagine god being jealous of anybody but he says he's jealous for you and for me he's jealous for us he wants to be with us that much that he would give himself this name. He wants to be with us so much. We need to let him. We need to let him. We need to go when he's inviting us and go when he's beckoning to us. He's calling us to him. We can't go with a heavyweight thinking that it's our responsibility that we have to carry this relationship. We don't. He carries the relationship. We don't. Our job is to just stay in joy and let our joy be full. Let our joy be complete. How many of you want more joy? Okay? All of us. How do you do that? Just stay where God puts you. And let him love you and receive from it. And then when he gives you instructions and he tells you what to do, Don't feel like it's burdensome. This is just my way to stay and enjoy. Enjoy who he is. So as we close our our time today, I, I really want to encourage you that. Because, you know, if you've been with me a while and you've heard my messages, this is probably not totally new what I'm sharing today. But I really want you to really take it to heart and enjoy it and engage in it. Because the Christian life is about joy. It's not a burden. This is not a hard life. God gave this to be freeing and joyful so we can experience that. It's not supposed to be heavy. It's not supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be easy and light. That's what Matthew 11 says. It says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light because I'm the one doing it. You can come along for the ride. You can be yoked together with me. But don't be confused. You're not doing the pulling. I'm doing the pulling. The weight is not on your shoulders. It's on mine. And we have to get this right. Whenever we think that the weight is on us, we have it wrong. You have to realize that that's not true. You don't carry that weight. When you're yoked together with Jesus, I guarantee you, he's much stronger than you are. You're not going to be doing the pulling. He is but he does want us to he does invite us to come alongside and to walk together with him that's our part can i see where you're going and can i go there too because that's where the life is that's where the freedom is and that's where the joy is that's our that's our job i just want to be with you and let you do it i don't want to feel like i'm carrying the weight i want to see the reality and the truth You're carrying the weight. I'm not. So if you're carrying a burden even this morning, I pray that Elkanah would come to you and realize, like, God is for you. He's the one doing it. You don't have to do it. You have to let him do it. You have to just receive that from the Lord. And so I pray that, you know, as we close today, that you would really receive that. Just lay it all down. And even as we pray right now, saying, Lord, I just want to give everything to you. Everything that I've been carrying, everything that I thought was my responsibility, everything that I thought was my battle to fight, I just want to lay that down to you and say, I'm sorry for carrying that, Lord, because that's not true. That's not mine to carry. That's yours to carry. You are an all-consuming God who is for us that is powerful, that is in control, that loves us, that wants us to experience freedom and joy and life. And so I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would remind us of that truth. Keep speaking to that us right now. Thank you that you're so jealous for us. You pursue us and want us that much, and you care for us that much, that you would give yourself that name, Elkanah.